hello and welcome to the Greater Than Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is 1 John 4, 4. You are of God, little children, and have already overcome them, for greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Join us as we have different guests and topics that address what's going on in our world and culture from a biblical perspective to find and remind ourselves that greater is he on the inside of us than he that is in the world. Hey everyone, welcome back to Greater Than Podcast. My name's Elijah Merle. I trust you had a good Thanksgiving. Um, as you can tell, we didn't, as you know by now, we did not have an episode uh, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving for obvious reasons. And so I trust that you had a good Thanksgiving. But a couple of uh, weeks ago, actually not, what, yeah, two, a week or two ago, uh, the 19th of November was the fourth year anniversary of Greater Than Podcast. And so that means four years of doing the podcast. 66 countries have heard it. Uh, over a hundred and what, 80 some episodes, man. Let me see. I'm doing this live. Let me see. Let me pull up on my phone. Exactly. We're going to do this live. Oh, I'm sorry. 196 episodes at the time of recording this. So the time you listen to this episode, that will be 197. 197 episodes of Greater Than Podcast over a four-year span. Uh, God is so good and gracious. 66 countries listening to it. People being healed, delivered, set free. It's a great thing. If you haven't yet, leave a review of the podcast on Apple Podcasts. It just helps the podcast to grow and more people to hear it and be encouraged by it. And I'm so thankful for each and every one of you who choose to click play on another episode of GTP. All right, today, the episode title, you see it, The Candle of the Lord. Uh, let's get into it. Father God, thank you so much for this time, this season. We acknowledge you and we ask you to direct our path. Amen. All right. Proverbs 20, Proverbs chapter 20, uh, Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 27. He says here, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord searching all the inward depths of his heart. The Amplified Classic says it this way, the spirit of man, that factor in human personality which proceeds immediately from God, mm, is the lamp of the Lord, searching all his inmost, his innermost parts. The LSB, now this is the one of my favorite translations here uh, of late, my favorite new uh, translation, I, I should say. Um, and it's a really good one. It's the Legacy Standard uh, Bible. It's a, it's, a, it's a really good translation. You ought to look at it. But anyway, it says in the LSB, the breath of man is the lamp of Yahweh, searching all the innermost parts of his belly. That's from the Legacy Standard Bible. The breath of man is the lamp of Yahweh, searching all the innermost parts of his belly. I like that he says the breath of man because it connects us to literally what this uh, verse means. If you look it up in, in, um, in the Hebrew, it literally says that the breath of man pointing us back to Genesis 2 and verse 7, which says this, the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground. And breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. He says the spirit of man, 
This means what God breathed into him, what was breathed into him at first by the creator. What we just read, what I just read to you there in Genesis 2, 7. And at watch this part. And he's talking about what would afterwards, after man falls, after man goes through this time of separation from God. And afterwards is the spirit of man that is quickened and listen to this part and illuminated by the divine spirit. This is the, when he says the spirit of man, he's talking about that spirit that God breathed into man. And afterwards, it's the same spirit that he quickens and illuminates by the Holy Spirit. Now watch this. The candle, this word can, the candle here has to do with the conscious human soul. We may consider it as the equivalent to what we Christians would call the conscience or what people call the conscience, right? Not just Christians. With this twofold character, it has this here. Ah, Lord Jesus, this is good already, guys. It's only about five minutes in. It's already good. Watch this. The candle has to do with the human soul. We would consider it as the equivalent of the conscience that has two a twofold characteristic. Number one, it receives light and illumination from God. And number two, it judges actions. Well, let me prove it to you. Paul said in Romans chapter two and verse 15 about those who never heard about the gospel of Christ and about how they would be judged. Romans two and verse 15 says who show the work of the law. Watch this part written in their hearts. He's talking about people who hadn't heard of the law, but they were doing the things, but by nature were doing the things that were written in the law. These are, this is the response. This is what you listen. I'm going to say this right here. I'm going to stop right here. Here we go. I'm about to open up the can. This is this is the verse that you point people to when they say, what will God, what about, well, what about those people who never heard about Jesus? This is the verse you point them to. This is how God's going to deal with them, according to Romans 2. Long about verse, well, really the whole chapter of Romans 2 is great to read, but this is what he's going to do right here. What about the people who never heard about Christ? Read Romans chapter 2. Here's what's going to happen. Here's a part of what's going to happen to those people who never heard, never heard anything about Jesus. They are not accountable for hearing, for light. Ooh, keep that, oh, keep that in mind. The candle of the Lord that's, that comes. Oh, that's good. Anyway, anyway. Well, here's, here's what happens here. Watch this. Uh, Romans 2, 15. Who show the work of the law written in their hearts. Watch this part. Their conscience. There it is. Also bearing witness. And between themselves, their thoughts, going back to the conscience again, will accuse or else excuse them in the day of the Lord. When the Lord judges people, he is going to let their own conscience take the witness stand and it will either accuse or excuse them. Now, these are for those who've never heard. These are for those who haven't heard the true gospel. I'm not talking about people who heard a fire and brimstone message. That's not the gospel, right? Because I think a lot of times, I think a lot of people in a lot of places literally have not truly heard the gospel. So therefore they cannot truly be held accountable. Well, well, that's a whole nother episode. But notice what he says about the conscience. That's what we're focusing in on. The candle of the Lord has to do with the conscience. The candle of the Lord does two things. It receives light and illumination from God and it judges actions. That's what we see here in Romans 2.15. The conscience will either accuse or excuse. The conscience will bear witness between. Woo, this is good stuff already. Uh, when it, 
the lamp of the, the Lord's lamp, the lamp of the Lord, the candle of the Lord, more, you could more accurately say the lamp of the Lord, because this moral sense that God gave each and every one. I've said this before. I'll say it again here. The conscience is that made in China. What do I mean by that? You know how you get something or made in Vietnam or whatever, you know, whatever, wherever place you want, made in Russia, whatever place you want to say, right? If you see something that's been made something and you look at the back of it, a lot of times in the back of it, it'll tell you where it was made. Well, it was made in China, right? It was made here. It was made there. Well, the conscience is that evidence that God made man. You were made in God's image. You were made by God because he's the one that put the conscience in you. How do you know right from wrong? How do you know as you get older what what to do, what not to do? How do you know that? How does that little boy know that when he puts his hand, when he yields to that and puts his hand in the cookie jar, how does he know that he needs to lie? What, 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 what brings about this line? What brings about wanting to cover it up? Because he knew it was wrong in the first place. Because he knew that he shouldn't have done it, which is why it's appropriate to punish that child. Because they knew it was wrong. You see that? You see a little child, a little baby that doesn't know any better, right? That tries to get into something, right? I can see in my head, I can picture a mom uh, that's, that I'm friends with. I can see her in my head now running around in her house, grabbing her little one, right? Uh, because why? Because the little one doesn't know better. The little one's going around trying to get into things. It doesn't have, but when, the, but when they're older, uh, come on now, and they have a better understanding, then it's appropriate to punish that child and say, hey, you know better than that. Whether it's taking their phone away, whether it's uh, spanking the child, I'm not talking about abusing the child now, obviously, but whatever that form is, that's, that would be the parent, right? That's at the, the parent's uh, decision. Like I said, though, abuse is never uh, the option. That's never an option. Uh, but I, you notice what I'm saying by that, though. Do you see what I'm saying is what I mean to say? You see what I'm saying there? When you get older, when there's more uh, experience, right, you know right from wrong. And that's what God put on the inside. And that's why God held Adam accountable, had to, because he put that conscience on the inside of him. He knew what was right and he knew what was wrong. Uh, uh, Eve was deceived. Adam was not. This light of the Lord's lamp is, is, is a direct gift of God, the moral, the conscience. And it enables the man to see. Somebody say see. It enables a man to see his real condition. Oh, my goodness. Now, okay, now I'm about to take you to a nice little passage here in Proverbs. Ooh, here we go. Proverbs chapter 27, long about verse 19 and 8. Well, verse 18 and 19, excuse me there. I like this verse here in verse 18 of Proverbs 27. Whoever keeps the fig tree will eat his fruit. There it is. So he who waits on his master will be honored. That's another podcast episode. I just like I just like that verse. Verse 19. Watch this though. Ooh, this is good. As in water, face reflects face. So a man's heart reveals the man. The spirit of man, he said, is the candle of the Lord. This candle, the lamp, the Lord's lamp, excuse me there, is the moral use. It's what God, the moral sense that God gifted to us and it enables us to see our real condition. Because Proverbs 27:19 says, as in water, face reflects face, so a man's heart 
reveals the man. You can say it like this. As a man may know what kind of a face he has if he looks into the water, so he may know what kind of a man he is if he examines his conscience. The meaning then would be that the heart, like the water, is the medium. <laughs> it is the means by which we behold our image. It's the mirror in which we see our character. The meaning then is that the heart, like the water, is a medium by which we behold our image. It is the mirror in which we see our character. Proverbs 20 and verse 27 says this, the breath, this is the LSB again, the breath of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the innermost parts of his body. The spirit of man is the candle. The spirit of man is the lamp. Do you want to know what kind of a person you are? Well, the way you know it is by your conscience. <laughs> the way you know it is by the, which is, the, which is uh, by the way, which is great dating advice. <laughs> if you're getting to know somebody and you're looking to maybe that, for that person to be a partner or to be married to them, here's what I would ask. Um, here, have, you judged their, have you judged them by their conscience? Here's what I'm saying. What 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 uh, what will they allow? What will they not allow? Where's their conscience at? Is their conscience uh, are they sensitive to their conscience or is their conscience seared? <laughs> Cuz see, you'll get in a relationship and you'll see the red flags, you'll see the signs, but because that girl is pretty hot or because that guy he has a great smile, because of these things, you can overlook but here's the thing you need to be looking at. The Bible said, God said, I don't look like man looks. Man looks at the outward appearance. The Lord looks at the heart. He's looking at the heart, the conscience. That is how you judge a man. You don't judge a man by his outward appearance. You judge the man by his heart. What is he sensitive to? What is he not sensitive to? When I talk about sensitivity, I'm not just talking about crying, right? I'm talking about uh, being responsive. There it is. Ooh, that, wow, that, was, that wasn't in my notes. How responsive is that man? How responsive is that woman? Do you understand? Don't ignore, this is, I'm just speaking now. I'm just flowing now. Don't ignore the red flags. The spirit of man, that's the candle of the Lord. That's what, what searches. This has to do with, yes, being led by the spirit, sure. And it also has to do with you being led on who you involve in your life. Who do you have in your life? You don't look at the outward. You look at in, inside. You look inwardly. You see? Because God has put it in man that man is able to draw out of man. Proverbs 20 and 5. Counsel in the heart of man, that's one person, is like deep water. But a man of understanding, that's another person, can draw it out. So you and I have, the Lord has made it so that you and I can draw out of one another. So here's what I'm saying. What, what are you pulling out of that person? What's coming out of that relationship? What is coming out of that faucet? <laughs> is, it, is, it something, is it light and life or is it darkness and deception? That's just free. I, I can't charge you for that because that's not in my notes. The breath of man is the lamp of Yahweh searching all the innermost parts of his body. Now, here's something. Now, this is the part that God leads us with. He leads us with the conscience. 
That's the conscience is the voice of your spirit. And God and God's spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're the sons of God. Now, if he can bear witness with you that you're son, his son, couldn't he bear witness with you about where to go for dinner? <laughs> if you'll check. Proverbs 3 tells us, 3, 6 says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Now, wait a minute. How is he going to direct your path? Via the conscience. He will speak to your conscience. He will bear witness. Remember what we said in Romans uh, 2. This is good, guys. Golly, I'm enjoying this. Remember what we said in Romans 2.15. The conscience bears witness, right? So the conscience has this idea, is capable of bearing witness to something. And the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit. That's the conscience, that we're the sons of God. If it works in that way, it can work in more than just the one way. Oh, God, Lord, Jesus. Are we spitting game on this one? Thank you, Lord. But here's what people will say to you. Well, Elijah, you know, Jeremiah 17, 9 says, you're saying that, well, you're saying to be led by the spirit and to be led by the spirit, you listen to your heart. Well, Jeremiah 17, 9 says, brother, that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So, you know, the heart's deceitful. We can't really, we can't really listen to our heart. We can't really be led by the spirit because our heart is just deceitful, and so case sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. We'll just lean on back upon the everlasting arms, and, and whatever happens, happens. Well, let's examine this verse, Jeremiah 17, 9. Well, first of all, he's the context here, he's just got done talking about the man that trusts in himself, that he's like a shrub. So the context is that the man who trusts in himself, that heart, the heart is deceitful. So that's the first thing. But also, too, let's go back, though. Let's go back. Let's look at this verse, though. And we're about, we about to talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So can we even listen to our heart if the heart is deceitful above all things? Well, let's talk about it. Jeremiah 17, 9. Once again, LSB. The heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. It's sick. The Young's literal translation says, instead of deceitful, it says crooked. And that's, that's, that's spot on. Crooked is the heart above all things. And it is incurable. Who does know it? What did the psalmist say about the heart? He asked God, give me a clean heart and renew the right spirit within me. He needed a clean heart. Why? Because this heart, this crooked heart is incurable because David had yielded to some things that were wrong. He yielded to some things that were not of God. He yielded to darkness and what happened? His heart became corrupted. So he asked God for a clean heart. Come on now. And the right spirit to be renewed within him. But notice what he said here. Jeremiah 17, nine Young's literal crooked is the heart. <laughs> Above all things. Watch what watch this though. Crooked. Somebody say crooked for me. Crooked. Remember what he says here in Isaiah 40, 3 through 4. This is a prophetic thing that has to do with what John the Baptist, John the Baptist ministry, when the Lord Jesus Christ came on the scene. He's the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. This is what John the Baptist was called to do. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. 
every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill brought low. Watch what he says. The crooked places will be made straight. It's the same Hebrew word for the heart is deceitful. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places will be smoothed. Watch this though. Let's go back to Proverbs 20. This is the LSB again. Proverbs 20 and 27. All right. Well, Elijah, you know, you can't listen to your heart because the heart is deceitful. The Bible says, yes, it's true. The Bible says the heart is crooked. And he said in Isaiah that when he comes, when Jesus comes, the crooked places will be made straight. Watch this, though. Watch this. Watch this. Proverbs 20, verse 27, LSB. Watch it now. The breath of man is the lamp of Yahweh, searching all the the innermost parts of his body. Skip on down to verse 30. Watch this. Stripes that womb scour away evil and strokes. Watch this part. Watch this part. And strokes reach the innermost parts of the belly. There it is. I don't know if you caught that, brother. There. Let me read it again. Stripes that wound scour away evil Mm. and strokes reach talking about the from these stripes they reach the innermost parts of the belly or the body what is he saying the mm, oh my goodness let me read it to you let me read that to you in um the new king james that was the lsb let me read that to you in the the, uh, king james hang on a second i gotta pull it up here All right, here we go. This is live. (laughs) The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, right? Searching all the inner, the inner depths of his heart. Skip on down to verse uh, 30. Blows that hurt, cleanse away evil. As do stripes, the inner depths of the heart. That's that same word that's used in verse 27. The inner part, the inner depths of the heart. Blows that hurt, cleans, cleans away the evil. Oh my goodness. And stripes, they clean the inner depths of the heart. Watch this part now. Here we go. Hebrews 9, 13 through 14. For if the blood of goats, bulls and goats, and ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, Verse 14, how much more shall the blood, wait a second, time out. How was Jesus, how was his blood shed? It was shed because of the stripes. All right. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Oh, God, lead is so good. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered him without spot to God, here it is, comma, how much more shall he cleanse? Cleanse what? Your conscience. From dead works to serve the living God. Oh, come on, man. Somebody said, yeah, Elijah, well, the heart's deceitful. You can't be led by the spirit of God, by your heart, by your conscience, because the conscience is is, is crooked. Well, he said that there's coming a day that the Lord will come and make the crooked places straight. He said that stripes, the blueness of the wound, cleanses away evil, and stripes cleanse the innermost parts of the belly. It, It cleanses the innermost parts of the belly. It cleanses the innermost parts of the belly. The conscience, when Jesus shed his blood, when 
we receive of the finished works of Christ, his blood cleanses away the evil that was in the conscience. And we can now become sensitive and the spirit of man can now, in fact, be the candle of the Lord. I tell you what, we can end the podcast right there. But wait, there's your more. All right, here we go. Let's look at it again. Proverbs 20 and verse 27. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. There there are two things that are referred to as the lamp of the Lord. It's the spirit of man and the word of God. Psalms 119.105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. All right, let's look at Proverbs 20, 27. Again, the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. When he says it's the lamp, you could say the candle or lamp of Yahweh. It derives, this, this lamp, this candle, derives its light from the light that lights every man, the eternal word of God. Psalms 18, 28. Psalms 18, in verse 28, he says this in there in Psalms 18, 28, for you will light my lamp. <laughs> the Lord, my God will enlighten my darkness. What is the source of this light? Well, it's Jesus. John one verse four through five says this in him in Jesus was life. And that life was the light of men. And that light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it or apprehend it. Can't stop it. You never saw it when you turned on the light in your room, when you turned on the light in the kitchen, when you turned on the light in the living room, right? You never saw light and darkness wrestling it out, duking it out. You know, you don't hear a scuffle. There's no scuffle, right? Why? Because light has come. Light's there. The light's not wrestling with darkness. You see, the problem is never with the light. Oh, okay, so now let me stop, let me stop, let me stop. That's spoilers. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. But notice, what did he say? He said the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Did you know that Jesus referred to a candle, man and candles? Did you remember that? Do you remember that? Matthew chapter 6. Oh, here we go. Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 through 23. We've established thus far that you and I can be led by the spirit of God through the conscience. The conscience is the one that bears witness. The Romans 8 says that God's spirit bears witness with our spirit. Well, what part is that? That's the conscience that we are the sons of God. That's how God communicates to us. That's how he does it. He put it in us. Ah, come on now. I'm just seeing that now. I'm getting excited. Let me calm down. I'm seeing that now. God put in you and I the very means and mode of communication. God put on the inside of us the very means to communicate with him and the very means for him to communicate with us. But it's but it's been corrupted. It's been corrupted because man fell. It's been corrupted. Watch this part. It's been made. It's crooked. Ooh. But when we get born again, when we come into fellowship with Christ, he said that one of the things he was going to do is make the crooked places straight again. What he said he was going to do is shed his blood. And it's the blueness of a wound that cleanses away evil. And it's the stripes ooh, 
food that cleanse the innermost parts of the belly. It's the stripes of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus, not of bulls, not of goats, not of heifers, right? But it's the blood of Jesus that cleanses the conscience from dead. It cleanses what? The conscience, the means of of operation that God communicates to us. The means of communication has been cleansed by what Jesus has done in shedding his blood. Oh, that's good stuff. So that's what we've established so far. All right. Now, in light of all of this, Matthew 6, 22 through 23. The lamp of the body, Jesus said, is the eye. (laughs) If therefore your eye is single, the New King James says good, but I just took, took out good and put single. I like single better. If your eye is single, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? The eye is single. Uh, this has to do, when he says single, uh, you could say unfolded, unfolded, single, literally without folds, folding. I'm talking about like folding a napkin, right? Without folds, unfolded. It means single. It means, watch this part. It also means undivided. It has to do with focus. It has to do with uh, no longer having a double agenda. Ah, come on. This is mm, this is good because of what we're going to talk about later in connection with this. It has to do with being single. It has to do with being undivided. It has to do with no double agenda. It prevents. Watch this part, which prevents and and oh, golly, which prevents this stops an overcomplicated life. Do you want your life to be not so complicated? Right. I just don't I don't understand why my life's so complicated. Well, because your eyes not single. There it is. It's because your eye isn't single. It's because you're looking to this. You're looking at that. Your eye is not focused, honed in on one thing. There it is. Ooh. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. So it has to do with not having a double agenda any longer. It has to do with the picture of underlining. It ha- it's, okay, watch this. Here it is. Let me calm down. I'm just so excited. Let me calm down. Deep breath, Elijah. All right, here we go. All right, here we go. Yes, I literally took a deep breath on the podcast. I sure did. Watch this part. The picture here, he talks about having a single mindset, single. It's like of a, it's like a piece of cloth or material neatly folded, folded once. It's neatly folded one time and without a variety of complicated folds, folds, you know, like you go into a certain hotel rooms, right? And the, the towel is folded like a duck or something like that. You ever seen that before? You ever heard of that before? That's a complicated fold, right? I, I could not do that. You know, I have, I have no idea. No, he's talking about something being folded once. He's talking about something not complicated. He's talking about something simple. The idea here is of simplicity and singleness, simplicity and singleness. Now, Luke's account, I want to read Luke's account. Watch this. Luke 11 of the same, it's Luke's account of these same words. Luke 11 and verse 33, he says here, no one, when he has lit a lamp, puts it in a secret place. That secret place, you could say a, a cellar, right? You wouldn't put it in the cellar or under a basket, but on a lamp stand now watch this part that those who come in so this has to do with an inward 
light. Because it's not a public light that everybody could see it. People would have to come in to see it. Ladies and gentlemen, when people come into your life, do they see the light? When people come into your life, do they see the light? Do they see fruit? Do, you see, do they see you being led of and by the Spirit? Do they see singleness? Do they see simplicity? So that those who come in may see the light. The lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, when your eye is good, when your eye is single, your whole body is full of light. But when your eye is bad, your body is full of darkness. When a person's, listen to this, when a person's eyes are single, once, once again, what does this have to, let me slow down. What does this have to do with what we've been talking about? The lamp, the candle. That's what we're talking about. The candle of the Lord. The lamp, the lamp of the body is the eye. What are you looking at? What are you focusing? I'm talking about how to be led by the spirit. How are you and I going to be led by the spirit? The lamp, the, the spirit of man is the lamp, the breath of man, that part that God put in you, the means of communication that he put in you, the means for you to know right from wrong, you to be able to judge. I'm not talking about judging. Uh, I'm not talking about judging people's character. I'm talking about judging fruit, judging what way you are supposed to go and judging primarily yourself, your and my self, right? We're supposed to be judging ourselves. That's what we're talking about, being led by the spirit. How's this going to work? How's this going to operate? We got to keep it simple, stupid. All right. Keep it simple. When a person's eyes are single, they're in a good condition. When your eye is single, you will be illuminated. You'll watch this part. You'll know exactly what to do. There it is. You'll know exactly what to do. The foot will know exactly where to step. The hand will realize how to lay hold. <laughs> when the eye is single, the eye is the inward eye, the eye of consciousness, the eye of the of the conscience. Excuse me. It's the illuminated eye of the heart. Wait a second, Elijah. Time out. You were doing pretty good there until you started screaming and carrying on. But now you really lost me. What do you mean the, the, the illuminated eye of the heart? Well, let me tell you. Let me show it to you. Lord Jesus. Ephesians 1, 17 through 18. Did you know that your, did you know that your heart has eyes? Okay, Ephesians 1. 17 through 18, that the Lord, uh, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory may give to you. This is Paul's prayer for the church that he may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Verse 18, that the eyes of your understanding, there it is, being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. Watch this. When the eyes illuminated, that's when you'll know when your eye is single. Ah, when your eye is focused, that's when you'll know. Mm, ah, come on, guys. Oh, that's life changing stuff. When your eye is single, when you hone in, when you focus in on one thing, that is when the whole body is full of the light. That's when you'll know the next step to take. That's when you'll know exactly what to do. Oh, there it is. There it is. Oh, man. I got to remind me of that, Holy Spirit. That's not in my notes. Oh, my goodness. Hang on a second, guys. I got to do something right here. Talk, talk amongst yourselves. Man, oh, man. I got to make sure I don't forget to, to go to this place. Hang on a second. This We're doing this live. 
right, hang on a second. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. All right, I just want to make sure I don't forget this. Yes, I'm keeping it in. I'm not editing it. I'm not going to edit it. Whoa, I couldn't even say that. I'm not editing it out. There it is. Golly. I'm just, as you can tell, I am super stoked. <laughs> the Lord's helping us. I'm telling you, this will change your life. I'm telling you, this is this is how you're, you're going to be led by the Spirit. This is how you'll know what to do, know where to go. Oh, my goodness. Here we go. All right. I got it. I got it queued up. I'm going to go to that here in a second. But let's go back to my notes uh, here. Here we go. The eyes of your understanding being what? Enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? The eyes of your understanding. If we look this up in the the, uh, New Living Translation, it says this. I pray that your hearts. would be flooded with light. So instead of saying the eyes of your understanding, here's the better translation, the eyes of your heart being flooded with light that you can understand. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, the heart is not only an organ of feeling, it's also an organ of knowing. I'm going to say that again. The heart is not only an organ of feeling, it's an organ of knowing. Listen, Paul doesn't add, let me say this about what Paul prays. Paul doesn't pray for material things for the church. Father, I pray that you just give them $2,000 billion, just like a number that doesn't exist. I'm talking about stupid wealthy. I make them super wealthy. I give them 1,700 million houses and, and then stuff like, no, no, that's not what he said. Here's, here's, what, here's what I want to draw your attention to. Paul doesn't ask God to give them what they don't have. He rather prays that God will reveal to them what they already have. There it is. He didn't pray that God would give them what they don't have. He prayed that God will reveal to them what they already have. Because if you and I have Christ, we've got everything. We have everything we need for life and godliness. Amen. The eyes, it's not just the, the, this is literally when he says the eyes, it's the organ of vision, the what we use to look at with, right? Those two windows you call eyes, eyes, right? But in Paul's use, it's a beautiful picture. The heart being regarded as having eyes, looking out toward God and all of the spiritual blessings that have their source and supply in God's son. Proper understanding of spiritual truth is not dependent upon king intellect, being the smartest, going to school, but it's rather, do you want to be able to understand spiritual truths? It's not about the intellect. It's about having a tender heart. It's about having a sensitive heart. Now, don't get me wrong. Education has its place. Go get educated. Do things. I'm not saying not to. I'm saying in order to tap into spiritual things, that's what we're talking about, right? In order to tap, tap into the spirit, you need sensitivity of heart. Even as a bad eye will make a person blind, bad hearts make one spiritually blind. Light, here, here's, here's what, where does darkness come from, Elijah? Well, here's, 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 what, I'm, here's what I'll say. Here's where darkness comes from. Do you want to know the the origin of darkness? You want to know how darkness originates? You want to know how darkness operates? Here's, Here's the definition of darkness. All darkness is, is light ignored. 
All darkness is, is light ignored. Let me say it like this. And I and you could say it like this. I'm saying it two ways. Darkness is light ignored. And I'll also say this. Light ignored results in darkness. Darkness is light that's being ignored. And light ignored results in darkness. Woo! That's Oh, man, I'm sorry. I apologize to your ears there. Oh, man, oh, man. Oh, that's good stuff, though. Mm. Watch it, watch it. Remember what he said in Hebrews 3.15. When you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Why? Because when God speaks, when revelation comes, you have an opportunity. Are you going to receive it? Are you going to walk in the light thereof? Or are you going to ignore it? See, all darkness is, is light ignored. And when light is ignored, it results in darkness. And the darkness can become so thick that it results in blindness. You know that's the case. If you wake up at night, right, you stubbed your toe. Why? Because you were operating in darkness. You didn't want to turn the lights on because you're, you're still groggy. You're still in that sleepy state. And you don't want to wake up. You just want to use the bathroom for crying out loud. That's all you want to do. You're not trying to, to turn on the lights and do everything, right? You want to stay kind of, you want to stay in that, in that foggy state. You don't want to, you don't want to come down from your sleep high. <laughs> you want to stay in that state, right? And so you don't turn the light on and you stub your toe. Oh, Lord Jesus. And then all of a sudden your words come out that you didn't know was in there. Oh, Lord, then you got to repent. Things of that nature. Man, oh, man. But here's the thing I'm saying. What, what, what happened? What happened there? That you were blind to the corner of the bed. You were blind to the corner of the door. You were blind to things. Why? Because you were operating in darkness. You were walking in darkness. And the deeper the darkness becomes, you go into blindness. You know this is the case. If you go into a dark room and your eyes are open, it's just like you're blind. Why? There's no light. You can see, but there's no light. <laughs> the light has been pushed out. Remember what he said in, in Corinthians that the God of this world blinds the minds. The mind has to do with this part that we're led by, that conscience. He blinds them so that they can't see the glorious light of the gospel. Oh, man. This is growing on me. I got I to gotta begin to wrap this up. Okay, here we go. We're almost 42 minutes in. All right, here we go. Oh, Lord. Let's go back. To Matthew 6 and verse 22, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye be single, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes be evil, the whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that's in you be darkness, how great is that darkness? Verse 24, no man can serve two masters. Whoa, time out, time out, time out. Wait a minute. Did he change subjects? I don't believe he did. Notice what he says. No man can serve two masters for either he'll hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Let's look back at verse 22. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye be single, your whole body will be full of light. Remember what we said, when the eye is single, the whole body becomes illuminated. You'll know exactly what to do. Your foot will know where to step. The hand will realize what to take hold of. It's the idea of, of simplicity. Excuse me there. Remember what Paul said in 2 Corinthians eleven three, that we would not be corrupted from the simplicity that's in Christ. What is the simplicity in Christ? I'm wrapping it up here. 
Jesus said, light and darkness. Then he goes on to say, two masters. Light and darkness, two masters. God, mammon. Ladies and gentlemen, how many times have people said that they were doing something because God told them to, but it was really <laughs> money was involved. Well, you know, the Lord told us to move from this church. And then when you do some deep diving, man, oh man, God didn't tell them to do that. They were moving because the job pays more and they hadn't been to church in about five months. Hadn't even been watching online. <laughs> what is that? That person the, the light that they thought, well, there it is. But he said, take heed that the light you have doesn't actually be darkness. They're saying that they have light, but it's actually darkness. How many people have violated their conscience to serve mammon? There it is. So Jesus is saying, do you want to be able to have light? Do you want to live? Do you want to be able to defend against an overcomplicated life? Here's how you do it. Get your eyes single. Focus in on one thing. This will help you to be led by the Spirit. Focus on one thing. What's the one thing you and I are to focus on? Well, we're Luke six, We're in Matthew 6, right? <laughs> Verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. He goes on to say in, in, in that same chapter, uh, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to put on? What is this? This is all decisions that need to be made. You need to know where to step. You need to know where to go. You need to have wisdom. You need light. You need revelation. Jesus said, here's how you get it. It's by prioritizing me, by prioritizing my kingdom, my thing. And I'll add everything else to you. Here's what he's saying. If you'll, it, mm, here's what he's saying. If you'll come to me in my light, you'll see light. And the last verse I have, I didn't forget. I paused the whole podcast and did a whole awkward thing trying to find it. So here we go. Second Chronicles 20 and verse 12 in connection with the eyes. New King James Version. Oh, God. Will you not judge them, the enemies of Israel? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do. But our eyes are single. You could say it like, you could say that. Their eyes are on him. Here's what I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen. The candle of the Lord. Do you want it to operate more in your life? Do you want uh, illumination? Do you want to see and know what to do? Well, here's what's going to have to happen. You're going to have to, your eye has to be single. Your eye's going to have to be focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. Your eye's going to have to, you're going to have to prioritize his kingdom. And when you put his things first, everything else will be added to you. I promise the blessing of the Lord will make you rich and add no sorrow with it. Come on now. Ah. <sighs> That was pretty good. I apologize to your ears once again, but I enjoyed that one myself. Father God, thank you so much for everyone who's taking that time to listen to the podcast today. Thank you, Lord, that our candle, ah, there it is, we will keep our candles burning. That's what Jesus said, keep your lamps burning. And the way we keep it burning is through the oil. Mm. And the oil is a type of the Holy Spirit. By uh, communication with the Spirit, Father, we will be illuminated. We ask, Father, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, 
the eyes of our heart would be enlightened so that we would see, so that we'd be able to walk into the divine privileges of Christ, that Jesus is the divine possession. Jesus is the promises of God wrapped up and rolled all into one and that our eye would be single focused, focused on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Father, there are those who, and myself included, there are areas where we don't know what to do, but we say our eyes are on you. Our eyes are single. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't. My name's Elijah Merle. Don't you ever forget this. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Thank you for listening to the Greater Than Podcast. To find out more, visit our website at merleministries.com.